This is Carl the Jackal Frampton. Hi, this is David Healy. Hello, this is Stephen Ferris. Hi, I'm Bethany Ferris. My name is Shola Hamiobi. Chonas Gutierrez. Hi, this is Harry Kuehl. You're listening to the score. The score with Michael Clark. And welcome along to The Score with me, Michael Clark. We are back after our little festive break. The season of peace and goodwill to all men very much appears to be over, as a little bit of needle has crept into the Irish League. It certainly gets tongues wagging. It gives us plenty to talk about on today's programme. And we have three great guests who are going to help us do just that. We will be speaking to Jim Magilton in just a few minutes' time. He is, of course, the manager of Cliftonville. They're still going great guns in the league. They've progressed in the Irish Cup. They had to wait for Lapili to be swatted down. There's been plenty of transfer talk around them as well, so lots to chat to Jim about. We'll also be hearing from the new Newry City manager, Barry Gray, and won't that take a bit of time to get used to, but he is very much the man at the showgrounds now. They play Cliftonville this weekend, as it so happens. And another man in a new club is Zach Barr. He has got off to a great start at Portadown, scored the equaliser in the Irish Cup against Carrick Rangers. Reports won on penalties and they'll want more cup progress in the League Cup when they meet Glenavon on Tuesday night at Mournview in the semi-final. Who will reach the final? Dungannon Swifts or Linfield await the winner of that game. It is all coming up right here on The Score. The Score with Michael Clark. Yes, that is right. Welcome along to this, our first show of 2024. I hope you had a great time over Christmas and New Year's. Did you get much rest? Did you recharge? Did Santa bring you what you wanted? Well, you can't have it all your own way if you didn't get your prized prezies. Spare a thought for people like me whose birthday's in January. Um, although it does present an opportunity for people to correct their Christmas purchase errors where they go, oh, the thing you really wanted, right, well, you can get it next month. That sometimes happens if you're very, very lucky. And in, what, about two weeks or so, I'll find out if I am. But uh, in terms of what we want to talk about on the programme today, there's so much to get through, isn't there? There has been plenty going on from managerial exits to new managerial appointments, big cup results with uh, some of the Premiership sides exiting the Irish Cup and Championship sides pulling off those shocks that everybody looks for and uh, a couple of others going close but not quite managing it. There have been transfer talks, there have been transfer deals and we're going to try our best to wade through an incredibly busy time of year that is uh, the festive period whilst looking ahead to how the rest of this month and beyond is going to map out. So let's try and do that with the help of our three great guests who we've uh, just told you about. And we're going to start with the Cliftonville manager, Jim Magilton. Jim, how are you? I am very well, sir. Happy New Year to you. Yes, Happy New Year to you as well. By the end of this week, is that when you can't say Happy New Year anymore? Have we reached the deadline? Well, yeah, we're well into it, aren't we? And uh, it's well underway. And uh, football stops for no man. 
And January being January and the mad month that it is, obviously the transfer window's open and the madhouse is open and I'm getting new friends day by day. It does seem that way. Let's start with the elephant in the room, which is Chris Gallagher. That whole escapade ordeal, call it what you want, I'm sure has been quite frustrating for everybody involved. Lauren's interest was known, then there was talk of pre-contracts pre-contracts being done etc and and now we know that you know subject to medicals and all the rest of it he's going to Lauren and, and Shay Gordon's coming your way yeah that's it in a nutshell uh yeah I think we've got a very good player in Shay Gordon uh, a lot I've known a long long time and uh someone who I think will uh, do very well for Clifton Ball when was the decision made, right, let's get this deal done because, you know, last Friday you're travelling to play Coleraine in the Irish Cup and Chris Gallagher was still a Cliftonville player? Yeah, and Chrissy, you know, we named... Chrissy has played such an important role in our team and done a marvellous job for us this season. And we gave Chrissy every opportunity to play last Friday. But unfortunately, he uh, broke down in the warm-up and we had to make all the changes uh, that we had to make uh, with comets and whatever else that was going on, uh, so yeah, we, you know, going to Coleraine is always a very difficult task. But when you throw in everything else that happened that night, it was so so crazy. And then, obviously, to end the game in the manner in which we did with three fantastic goals from Dolan Hill, it kind of like summed up the night. Uh, but yeah, we're delighted, obviously, to have. Uh, it done and dusted now, and everybody knows exactly where they are. And as I say, I'm delighted that Jay Gordon, uh, subject to medical, will be a Clifton Road player. Uh, and just one more question on FMA, Jim. The, the the drive up there, you know, there's a lot of talk of that Lauren made a phone call and basically said, look, here here's the latest offer scenario. Um, how disruptive, if at all, was that? It wasn't because at the end of the day, that's dealt behind the scenes in terms of chairman the chairman or a line official with our chairman etc etc so our focus was completely on the game and Chrissy's focus would have been completely on the game trying to get himself right for the game so uh, we dealt obviously named in our starting 11 so our whole focus was trying to win the game and uh, preparing for a cup game so anything else is, is noise that uh, doesn't interfere in our dressing room. At the end of the day, you know we've been pretty focused group all year, of which Chrissy's been a part of and played a major part in that. So that wasn't to change. Uh, quite unbelievably, like we had a we had a game at Korean uh, this year where Sean Stewart broke down in the warm up, and we had to make changes then. Connor Pepper who was probably eating uh, something uh, in the stand at the time, had to be dragged from the stand and put on the bench for us and we scored and started. So these things are set, set to test you and their challenges. And as it happened, we've overcome both challenges. So uh, we move, we all move on now. And you get to look back and say, do you know what, I got my subs right on the night as well because, uh, you know, you left Ronan on, you took Ben Wilson off and, and Ronan rewarded you with a, a fantastic hat-trick. Yeah, we, we, you know, at the end of the day, we, we I should say, we, we had the, it was a challenge for us, and we, we had to change, for the first time this year, really change our shape, and, uh, and when people talk about, you know, we had Joe Gormley, Ronan, Keel, and Ben on the park, uh, and, and three fantastic players in their own right, 
So yeah, we we every game throws up its different challenges, and every game is totally different. And on the night, we just felt that Ronan uh, just had that little bit of a cutting edge that Ben didn't have, which is quite unbelievable to say that given Ben's record this year and what a fantastic season that he's had. So uh, it was just a gut instinct, Jared and I, and Ricky just said it that you know Ronan was going to be that person and and sometimes you get it right and sometimes you get it wrong but uh, on an eight you know Roman came up trumps and in terms of transfers another player that you've announced that's come in is Ben Wiley um, yeah. you know previously been in the league uh, someone I, I know you've you've kept a good eye on we actually had his well his now ex-manager Tommy Stewart on the programme just prior to Christmas um, how long was that deal in the works? I think it's just when it came when, when Ben came into our radar you know, we invited him up. Listen, I've always been a huge fan of the boy, Ben Whaley. And uh, ultimately, when he went to Celtic, I was thinking that this is hopefully the start of a, a really promising professional career. Uh, but unfortunately, things happen. And, you know, you, you pick up an injury or whatever. And sometimes it just falls on your lap. And, and it has... You know, I'm a massive fan of Ben. I think, again, I think the Cliftonville fans will love him because he's a midfield player that takes the ball. He looks to be creative. He's an eye for goal. He's a wonderful left foot. And when you have an opportunity to sign a player like Ben, you know, it's important that we're in the mix. And we were in the mix and eventually I conned the living daylights out of him and got him the same for, for Cliftonville. <laughs> well, he he's um, an addition I think the fans are very excited about. On the other side of it, because you've been doing so well and, and individually and collectively, there's been speculation about where it feels like half your squad are ending up, Jim. I mean, is it paper talk? Is there a wee bit of truth in that? Where are you all at at the moment? Where are we at? We have good players. And in my experience, good players attract interest. So, one, it means they're doing well as an individual. And two, hopefully, uh, you know, that can rebound in the whole team. And we are in a position where I think we deserve to be. Uh, I don't think uh, anyone can dispute that given our performances this year. I think collectively as a team, we've been very good uh, defensively really solid we work together as a team defensively and then going forward obviously we possess lots of players who can score goals and lots of individuals who can create opportunities to score goals so overall very pleased but again individuals will always attract interest you know Ben Wilson's come from sort of nowhere to you know to, to come into the league and score the goals he has Ronan is always being someone that has always attracted interest and scored goals. Joe Gormley, well, is Joe Gormley, and we've Sam Iceford, who's been fabulous in other aspects, maybe not the goal goal scoring charts, but certainly he gives us a real impetus from not only the bank but also when he starts. So, yeah, there, the, those are four lads that obviously caught the eye. But I just think we have done so well in other aspects of our play that goes largely unnoticed and largely unsung heroes and you know our goalkeeper's done fantastic David and then you know we've had a back three of Casey Addison Turner for long periods who've been absolutely outstanding we've been able to add a Shea Kearney in the mix and Sean Stewart in the mix who've given us massive energy down the flanks so listen it's a massive contribution from everyone you know we've again we've added real 
positive momentum from our bench, and and that's you know, and that's important because everyone has a, a part to play. And that was the other fear Cliftonville fans had was that your goalkeeper might get recalled from his loan. Do you definitely have him to the end of the season now? We definitely have him, Megal. I don't know if this is an exclusive or not, but we definitely have David, and and in David we have a fantastic uh, number two. Uh, in Nathan Gartside who's put massive pressure on David which has catapulted David's performances uh, to a level and a real consistent level so without Nathan it sometimes it can be a pretty lonely position number two but Nathan Gartside provided fantastic backup when called upon and had a great start to the season but competition for places is what drives you know that real pursuit of anything this year and, and that is something that we're looking to do hopefully the additions of Ben and the additions of Shea add competition and drives people's motivation uh, to a point where you know we're, we're actually in the, in the mix and you are in the mix aren't you I mean 8 points off first spot in the league and a game in hand Jim um, it's probably sort of say it quietly stuff at Cliftonville isn't it but you're definitely still in the picture yeah, I, th- I would say we're in the picture. There's no question. And uh, but I say, and I've been pretty consistent with this, Michael. And, and when I've been speaking to you, it's, it's performances. It's really about each game. And we face a very difficult game, obviously on Saturday with Barry Greg on the Newry. But that's again a notoriously difficult place to go and pick up points. So uh, I I really focus on the day to day, the week to week, the game to game. And and that's important because we all can get carried away with it. We social media being social media as it is today, you know, there's a lot of people that project things and can you know, they're all fantastic soothsayers. So uh for us <laughs> and for the players and for the staff, it's about dealing with the now, being present in the now and, and really just focusing on a game to game basis. And if you think back, Jim, to when you came in and, you know, not to skirt around it, not everybody was your biggest fan originally. I mean, there was even, I think, a banner at one stage, for goodness sake. Uh, it, it's worked out all right. Yeah, and I've never forgiven my brother for putting it up. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, listen, that's life. Uh, I don't really talk about that. I don't really, it doesn't concern me. White noise like that doesn't bother me at all. You know, I've been in the game. I've been in the professional game since I was 16 and very fortunate to be in that and, and a wonderful and a wonderful game and a wonderful fraternity. So it's water off a duck's back to me. My own focus was on the players, getting the right staff together and then really focusing on the season ahead. So uh, I am happy where we are, but never entirely happy because... You know we've got a, a very, as I say, a very important game coming up, and it's important that we keep on this running streak and this momentum. You know, I've gone very public about momentum in, in football, momentum in, in life, actually. But more importantly, if you if you can get get ahead of steam together, sometimes it can be a difficult force to stop. And the Reds fans, I hope that that force continues to grow stronger. Uh, there've been talking; different teams have been talking about moving towards full time. Uh, have you any update in terms of where you guys are in your journey towards that, or or is it sort of where you are at at the moment is where you're going to be for a little while? I think where we are at the minute is where we're going to be for a little way. You know, the the end goal would be to 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 compete uh, with you know your Lawrence, your Linfields, your Glen Torrens on a more full time basis, but the moment you know where we're working off a three-night week with a game on a Saturday 
and that's enough for us at the moment. You know, would we like more? Of course we would. But with the group of players we have, we've got them in a good place. Uh, they work extremely hard. You know, we've implemented a lot of new ideas and uh, a focus on, as I say, the season and everything we've thrown at them. Uh, they've taken on board. And more importantly, they've been able to implement that in the games. And as a result, you know, the results follow, if you like. So, uh, yeah, that that's just a, a case of trying to do our very, very best to be competitive, which we have been. And always with an eye in the future, can we do better? And one of the talking points in terms of for the league's betterment, and I know it's not been agreed, is a salary cap, a proposed yeah. salary cap. Um is that something that you personally would favour or not? I think we have one anyway. <laughs> so <laughs> so we know we know what what levels we're at. So uh that would have to be obviously discussed, which it is now being discussed at German level, uh NIFL level, uh and then when the details are laid out in front of me I'll have a better idea and a better uh, a greater opinion on it. But Certainly, we have a salary cap. You know, there's no question about that. We know exactly our limits, and that's uh, and that's fine by us. We know exactly the type uh, and the salary uh, levels that we can get to. So, uh, I think really rather than that, uh, more than more more about the character and the personality of the player, and can he make a significant difference or a difference to our team and increase the, the quality that is already in the team? Because, you know, and this is maybe just me as a supporter, forget any work hat. I'm looking at it now and I'm thinking, you know, with the likes of yourself and David Healy and Warren, with the international experience you have and the calibre of managers we have here, there's an opportunity, isn't there, for people to put their heads together and go, right, what does this league really need, whether it's a salary cap or not or, or whatever the case might be? You know, is there a chance now for, for clubs actually, as much as we can fall out during the season at different points because it's competitive, can we actually push this thing even further? I'd like to think so. Anything that can make the league better, a better product, can only be a good thing. And any of the conversations that we've had thus far, which includes obviously conversations with Meg Riley, if you like, have all been pretty productive. And I've enjoyed the company of all the managers. Everybody has put their top and forth forward, and uh, and I've been encouraged by it. And all the conversations I've had with the managers I've the utmost respect for all of them a lot of them have been doing it a hell of a lot longer than I have so they've got my total respect in the manner in which they conduct their business so uh, if it means more conversations around what we can do to make the league better I'm all for it I'm sure Mike Riley's thinking after a long career as a referee himself he can't believe that the likes of you still following him about well this is it Meg and I have had one or two uh, shall we say very short short sharp conversations when he was actually refereeing uh, but again listen he's here to try and make things better and that should not be uh, you know used as a, a stick to poke him with it's, uh, it's rather than rather than let, let's see and let's see what we can do again the conversations that we've all had yeah we can pick holding things which we do uh, but in a very less negative way more positive way how can we make it better how can we make the, the, the Irish League better how can we make 
refereeing better? How can we make the managers better? How can we make the coaching staff better? Should there be more respect? 100%. Has that been better? Yes, I think it has. I think there's been a marked a mark increase in uh, in the positivity around that and maybe less yellow cards, red cards shown the managers uh, if we take Fino out of that. <laughs> so, uh, no. Uh, anything that we can do uh, that has to be constructive and there will be arguments put forward, good, bad and indifferent, but I think once we all walk out of a room, we, we're all in agreement that this is the way forward for us. And this is the only opinion I'm going to offer today, but I think to really help our referees, we should come out as a league now, and you can disagree with me if you want, and say, we're not going to bother wasting any money on VAR, VAR light, anything like this. This is the league. We, we say we don't have enough referees up and down the country, that at different levels we can't get referees on matches. So let's put all the money into just improving the referees instead of giving them technology that requires extra referees to operate. I agree. You know, VAR's, VAR is such a point of controversy at the minute, and it still comes down to what a, a, a referee's opinion on a certain situation is. And there's been cases in point the last few weeks that have caused even more controversy. I, For, for me, and I, I made this point very clear to Mike Riley and to Andrew Davy at the time, the fourth official should play a more important, more significant part when, when, when the referee, when, when, the game's on because he sees the same game as we are regardless of what happens ref the benches only react to a referee's decision and and that's not you know because we all watch the game including the fourth official so I think the fourth official has a really important role to play he can be the eyes and actually the pair eyes for the three officials on the pitch on the night on the day and I think there should be more interaction with that and I think there should be maybe more conversations around that. Uh, you know, not to marshal the benches. The benches only get upset after, you know, a referee makes a, a decision. So uh, I think the fourth official, there should be more responsibility placed on the fourth official, not just to marshal uh, the benches, but to really keep an eye on what's going on in the game and to assist the referee in a very, you know, in a, in a way where it's going to benefit uh, the referee to get the right decision. Fourth officials going, no, Jim, I just like working the wee board. It's handy. <laughs> I know. <laughs> oh, dear. Uh, look, it's been great catching up with you. Thank you very much uh, for coming on to the programme. And, and I guess just before I let you go, um, clean bill of health for everybody going into the Newry City game? Uh, we have one or two, Acre, Aiken, and uh, we have one or two uh, that will have a wee uh, doubt, but we'll be in tonight and we'll have a little look at them. I kind of way go into the fitness room first I, I love or sorry the uh, physio room I love to see who's actually in the physio room if you ask a player Petty being injured well that's good stay out of the physio room so our physio room now is banned the players who aren't injured some of them like a little bit of loving which of course we all do but most now have got the picture that I don't particularly like players who aren't injured in a physio room so we'll see who's in there this evening uh, other than a very chesty cough that I have, I think we should be uh, good to go on Saturday. Well, that's good. Then you'll have your uh, your your. I was going to say shouting voice on, but just your you know instruction giving voice, your encouragement <laughs> voice, Jim. Yes, always, always. <laughs> well, I'll be at that game, so I will see you down there. But thank you very much for coming on to the score. Absolute pleasure, Michael. Thank you. 
The Score with Michael Clark. Let's get our next guest on to the programme. We've heard from the Cliftonville boss. Let's get the man who's going to be in the home dugout facing him at the weekend, the Newry City manager these days, Barry Gray. Barry, how are you? Hiya, Michael. How's things? Very good. I, I'm, I've said it right at the start of the programme, and I'm going to say it again. It's going to take me a bit of time to get used to saying Newry City manager, Barry Gray. Might even take you a bit of time. You hope you don't drive to the wrong ground on Saturday. <laughs> no, um, it's 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 a lot bit, a lot of change and a lot of things to get used to, Michael. But uh, we just have to be careful what we say and where we say them at the right times. Yes, I think that's fair. Um, it seems that there's been a wee bit of swapping around. Uh, obviously, uh, your predecessor in the post at Newry City has now gone to the coaching staff of Warren Point Town and, and travelling the other direction. Um, you've got a coach and a, a player who were previously with you at your old club. Yeah, um, probably the first time there's been a manager change. Like, you know, good appointment by by Warren Point to bring Gary in. Very astute, good coach. Um, obviously, Dermy McFay, who's joined me me at Newry, um, along with Stephen Ball, very highly rated player in my eyes. So, yeah, it's it's been it's been a wee bit busy club the club in the in the last week or so, but it's all part and parcel of the change, I suppose. How have you found it? Because I'm sure there has been, well, there, there has been, hasn't there? A lot of raised eyebrows, people saying, I, I didn't think you were allowed to cross this line. <laughs> yeah, it's it's the, that taboo question, isn't it? Um, I think, listen, Michael, I've, I've been on record and I've said many times over the last week or 10 days, uh, the change in the move and the, the step out of Wormpoint was a personal one for me and my family. Um, the I was strongly considering a step out of football of Worm Point, regardless of a, a Newry move or not. So um, the timing just of Newry coming up was a wee bit coincidental um, and one that happened to suit at the right time. So for me and my family, it was the right decision to make. And like I said before, probably over the last 15 odd years, I haven't made many decisions for myself. And, and this one is, is purely for me. So people may be a wee bit shocked and surprised that I've gone to Newry, but they're probably more shocked and surprised I've made this type of decision for me for once. And in terms of, I don't want to you know, drag up the whole thing, but how difficult has the last year or so been at Warren Point Town with everything that has gone on and, and where the club obviously has found itself? Yeah, it's been hugely frustrating, Michael. For me, first and foremost, as manager, um, I know I've, I've had a club role for many years at Warren Point and uh, that has had its own stresses. But as a manager, we find ourselves in the space of two seasons with two relegations. Um, we were sitting at one point, you know, preparing for a playoff game to be promoted back into the Premiership potentially. And then next thing you know, you find yourself in third tier of, of Irish League football. Um, that's that's a big fall from grace in a short space of time, um, and it takes its toll. It takes its toll on me and the staff. It took a toll on on the players and the group that we had, and it was very much a, a complete uh, rebuilding exercise at a level that you know me as a manager I'm no longer familiar with. It's been it's been too many years since I last found myself at that level. So. Um, very unfamiliar territory, and to be fair, for me personally, I I just didn't like it. It it wasn't it wasn't for me. I was found myself very very unmotivated. Um, and and that's that's not through anyone's fault or, or 
anything like that. It's just purely my own personal opinion and where I was at that stage of football and the implications that, that followed that were, were me deciding to step down and move on. And now you find yourself, I mean, you, you could never have predicted where this would end up in the Newry City hot seat back in the Premiership, but obviously a big fight to stay in the Premiership. Yeah, it's a huge task. Um, I've said that from day one. <clears throat> Not one that frightens me. Before last time I took over Warren Point in a similar sort of time frame, maybe a wee bit earlier than this, um, I think there was 10 or 11 points at the gap at the bottom. Um, this is a six-point gap for us at this stage. And, you know, that's that's two, ga- two games head-to-head. It's not inconceivable or, or you know, that we, we can't draw that back. But we are in a position where it's quite negative at the minute. And we know the work that we need to do to get ourselves or give ourselves a chance of getting off that bottom spot. Um been here many times before I probably have as much experience as anyone in these situations and hopefully that wee bit of experience and know-how from me will help the squad progress and see can we close the gap over the coming games I'm not expecting you to do a full Ralph Ranyak here and talk about the club needing open heart surgery or anything like that but I'm sure you've identified some areas where uh, Newry City could could do with a bit of bolstering yeah of course listen January windows for every manager it's a difficult window. Um, it's certainly a difficult window when you're sitting ball on the table, um, and we have our constraints as a club that we have to work inside. But yeah, we 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 obviously have recruited Stephen Ball already, and we are in the market and working hard in the background to try and secure maybe another two or three players. But we'll have to just see in the coming weeks just how that pans out. And the Irish Cup was your first chance to. I guess see those players in your first game in charge. It wasn't smooth sailing, but you got the job done. No, it wasn't certainly smooth at all. But, you know, in fairness to, to our team and our players, the way things are at this minute in time, it, it is a group that's low in confidence. We've lost a lot of games, whether it's in the league or the Irish Cup. Um, it's still a group that, that is struggling for that wee bit of that wee bit of confidence and that wee bit of direction. We only had a couple of training sessions under a belt and they were fired out in, in what was a very hectic week for them with a lot of change. We started the game really well. We went, you know, we conceded two goals at very uh, sloppy and inconvenient times, but we had enough in the in, in the end to, to see it through. And all we wanted from Saturday was a win, being the next round of the competition. Two, I think two other premiership teams were put out by lower opposition. So, you're saying we we weren't one of them, thankfully, and we we praise the players for for getting the win. Everyone has been on their back for not winning games, and if we want to be on their back now for not winning it comfortably enough, for whatever people may say, then you're fighting a losing battle. We we went out this cup football. You want to win. You want to be in the hat in the next round. We've done that. We've achieved it. Um, and that's all that really matters. And it ended a. Uh... And an unwelcome run at home as well. It'd been a while since anybody going to watch Newry City at the showgrounds had seen them win at the showgrounds. Yeah, again, I keep saying the people negative stats that you know have. There's a line in the sand now, Michael. It's a case of they are stats, but they're stats from somebody else's time or a, a different group in a different scenario. We, we have to just concentrate on what we can control now and not be worried about the negative stats of what we didn't do in the past because that's not going to bring us forward. So priority for us is we've had one game. We've won that one game. It's been at home, which is brilliant. It's brilliant for supporters to see 
to see a win and feel feel that happiness and smiles on faces after the game. Um, we know that our challenges are ahead are, are going to be greater and heavier and, and, and stronger coming forward. Um, but as each week and each training session goes, we, we feel we'll be more and more prepared for that. So fingers crossed that we can continue progressing in performance terms and progressing in results terms when it comes to the actual head-to-head games that's going to matter the most to us. Uh, go on, admit it. If it was a 100% winning record, you'd be talking about it non-stop. <laughs> we talked about it during the week in training, Michael, and we thought it's not now my time to bow out. <laughs> We've stopped the losing run with 100% win. This one game I'd have won. Maybe this is time for the door at this stage. <laughs> Do the big Sam Allardyce. <laughs> well, you know, joking aside, getting through to the next stage is what it's all about. And any manager uh, was saying the same thing at the end of Saturday. I know certainly Warren Feeney, who I was talking to after Glenn Torren scored, you know, 90th minute winner against Anna. That's all he was worried about. In the hat, job done. On to the next one. Yeah, very much so. And that, and that's 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 cup football in a nutshell, isn't it? Because you know, in cup football, there's going to be an upset summer. You just don't want it to be in your in your game. So. We've ticked our boxes, we've got our win and we look around some of the other results and we think, oh, you know, the other side of that isn't a very nice nice vision. So, you know, we've done we've done what we've needed to do. Yes, it could have been better. Yes, we could have been we could score more goals, conceded less goals, our performance could have been this and that and whatever. But at the end of the day, like you say, a win's a win in cup football and how you get it is probably totally irrelevant. I don't think you're going to be judged on games like tomorrow uh, as such, the, the game against Cliftonville, but at the same time, you know, it, it's where you could look for little shoots of life where people can take optimism from, and obviously if you if you take a point or three, all the better for it. Uh, how are you weighing up this game? I know it's your former club as well, but I don't think you're out to prove any points there. No, not at all. Um, listen, we know the scenario we're in. We know, and I've said it over the last week or two, the priority games for us will be the bottom six teams and games that we feel that we have the strongest chance for a win. That doesn't mean tomorrow we can go out and accept a, a defeat or a draw or anything like that. But we've got to use tomorrow's game against the, you know one of the best sides in the country at this minute in time. And we've got to know that we need to progress our performance levels and we need to use these games in the best fashion possible for us to prepare us for the games that may potentially be six pointers for us. Yes, we would love to get a point or three points tomorrow. That would be absolutely fantastic. But we've got to be realistic of where we are this minute in time, where Cliftonville are this minute in time, and know that there's a big gap between us. But that doesn't mean on the day that that gap can't be narrowed to something pretty much to zero. And I'm wondering, you know, do you have to do anything creatively when you come in at this sort of time in the season, as, as you say, naturally, you know, any managerial appointments because another manager's gone, so presumably something needs a wee bit of a, a change around. Do, I don't know, do you, what do you do with footballers these days? Do you get them all out and go somewhere together for a day off and, and try and lighten the mood, or, or what's the what's the approach? No, I think, listen, everybody's got a fresh lead at this point, so you've got a squad of players now that, that need to be motivated and, and I've said this: these, the, the players we have at the minute have got us, or been partly, you know, to to blame with the situation that we find ourselves in. You know, we, we can't shrug that responsibility, but they also have the opportunity to get ourselves out of where we are. 
Now, unfortunately, fortunately for them, there's been a manager change, so they now have fresh slate to start again. It's how how they want to create that start. We had a good win on Saturday. We, you know, there's been a lot of change to how we've trained, a lot of change in certain things that we do behind the scenes. So it's been a hectic, you know, ten days for them so far, and we need to see some of that transpire out onto the playing pitch, you know, in Premiership games properly. And tomorrow, and the game against Clivenville is our opportunity to do that. Pressure's off us. The pressure's on Clivenville. It's a must-win game for them to stay in in the title hunt. So for us, it's very much a case of let's be brave, you know, players. Let's let's be brave and and let's be positive and see what we can get out. And, and don't be afraid to change things that we would have done in the past that we haven't had much reward from. So that's that's where we are. And very much for me as manager is a case of trying to promote them being positive, you know, regardless of what the outcome may or may not be. Get on the front foot, be positive in how we play. Try to identify a style of play that suits us as a group. And and that's our, that's our main aim. And I'm just curious, because I asked Jim Magelton earlier in the programme this question as well. I know the talk has been happening this week with clubs about you know, different things, seasonality, but another thing is salary caps. And you know, from a club like Newry City's point of view, um, would that help the league in the, the competitive uh, nature of the league in football? Because you know, people will point to Lauren like the bogeyman. They've done such a great job, but there's always a fear if some clubs can afford more and spend more, it becomes more polarising. Such is life, Michael. Such is football life at all levels across the world. Such is life outside of football. You will have people and organisations that have more resource than others. Um you know, being maybe one of the smaller clubs, more the regional clubs in Newry or, or whatever, we will always have constraints because a proper running club will run inside the parameters of what they can afford to do. So you can't go running your business as a football club on emotion. So when, you know, us at Newry, we have a budget, we have to stay inside that budget and use that budget to the best or advantage on the pitch, regardless of what the outcome is of that. To, to go outside that and try and push things that isn't totally in your control or the club can't sustain is, you know, business madness as far as I'm concerned. Um, but other clubs may have resources in different directions than, than, than what we do at Murray and they may have that luxury. We don't. So wage caps, will it, will it level the playing field? It probably won't, in my opinion, personal opinion. Um, will it restrict teams in terms of how they do it or, or how they find a way to do it? Probably, but it's still going to be big club mentality, big club budgets against some clubs that don't have that budget. And, and wage caps are not, that's still always going to be in place as far as I can see, you know, in my personal opinion. Um, it may bring the gap closer, but the reality of it for me and for Newry City, we, we need to use our budget as wisely as we can to compete against teams that, that have a bigger budget and that is doable it's done right across professional football uh, you know, across the UK you see very limited professional teams with budgets that are a fraction of the big boys and yet they're sitting in positions in the table that they shouldn't be so it, at the end of the day it's football it, it can happen um, and in our scenario at Newry, we want a model that's sustainable for us as a club. 
you stay at Premiership football. So wage caps, if that's part of it, brilliant. And if it's not part of it, it doesn't change a big pile for what we do at this minute in time. Okay, as ever, interesting hearing your thoughts on things, Barry. Really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming on to The Score. Thanks, Michael. The Score with Michael Clark. Now, all clubs have a little look in the January sales, don't we all? Portadown have certainly been busy with some of their acquisitions and, uh, well, one of them is joining us on the programme now. He is the Championship's top goal scorer, Zach Barr. Zach, how are you? Hey, Michael, not too bad. How are you? I'm doing very well, thank you. Great to have you on the programme and what a start to life at Portadown. It's just what every goal scorer wants, isn't it? Get off the mark early. Yeah, well, um, I was buzzing. Um, obviously, first of all, um, getting the move to Portadown, they're a massive club and just, you know, I was obviously a bit nervous and, and stuff playing the first game of Saturday because, you know, Portadown a massive fan base and you always sort of want to do well for them, but um, no, walked out um, and to be honest I was confident enough now and Cliffy and the rest of the coaching staff put a lot of faith in me just to do go out and do what I had to do and just glad I, I managed to get on the score sheet and taking Carrick Rangers to penalties as well I mean I'd seen someone talk about it as you know a massive upset no, it's it's not that at all as it Portadown as you say are a big club and, and no disrespect to Carrick who as everybody knows are my hometown team but it was a it was a tight game I think a lot of people were expecting a tight game and it proved that it went all the way to penalties Yeah well we knew what we were sort of going to get um, going down to Carrick is always going to be a tough game a battle and Surrey Kings got well organised and you know, and they've got players like Danny Perkis and um, you know, well experienced players in that. Mitchell and stuff we knew it was gonna be a tough game, but before the game even started we sort of knew ourselves that we've got the quality in the change room and that we can sort of hurt any team. And I know from Portadown sort of recent results, being Crusaders, Lock God twice, you know, we had nothing really to fear going into the game. Um but yeah, take <laughs> going into Tally Shout it's fifty fifty and I'm just glad we got to we got on the right end of it. And Aaron Hogg, I'm sure, was enjoying the celebrations after. There's a you know there's a few connections between the clubs, isn't there? But of course, he's a former Carrick Rangers player, and he, he saved from Danny Parkus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, that or Aaron's a great keeper. He's you know he I've only met him. You know, I've only sort of been around him sort of the past couple of weeks, and he's um he's a top quality um, keeper, and he's a, a top player as well. So, um. Going in the penalty shot, you know we had a, we had confidence there, and um, we to you know pulled out something and play, he read it well. So no, nope, I was like buzzing for the big man as well. Talk to me about your season so far. I mean, you know, joining this team, 14 goals and 18 appearances for Newington in this campaign. Uh, also uh, um, picked up Championship Player of the Month back in August for your goal-scoring exploits. So, I mean, you've been in blistering hot form. Um, what's been going so right for you this year in particular? Um, well, first of all, it's, it's really all sort of whenever a first time for Newington um you know, you've got the coaching staff, the players, they're a great bunch of lads and they're, it's a great club and I loved every minute of it and, you know, I wouldn't be sort of sitting here today or, or with Pora Down if it wasn't, you know, for them putting their trust in me and I appreciate that um, and, it's, you know, they're, they're a quality team as well so it wasn't hard to get the chances and I was lucky enough to, 
um, be confident enough to put them away and I sort of followed it on um, throughout the sort of first half of the season and obviously my first game here at Pora Down I sort of was confident that I can always sort of score or, or get a chance to put the ball in the back of the net and I've, I've done that um, and most games I've played this year And when were you aware that the interest was there from Pora Down? Did it all happen quite quickly? Um, it sort of took I, see to be honest I was I was Happy with where I was. I was I was enjoying the football and um, I loved all of that at Newton and there was sort of interest from um, a couple of other clubs and I, I wasn't I was really only sort of focusing on getting the, the sort of the, the Boxing Day game and you know obviously another couple of games done before I even started thinking about anything like that there um, and then Cliffy Adams and now Curry came on to me and. Um, it was sort of, you know, a message every day or a phone call every day, and how you are not even just about, you know, coming to Port Down. It's just how you get on, and and you're you're doing well, and you know, we'd love you coming you down and, and see about the place and stuff like that. There, so I didn't really make up a decision until really the day after. Well, we were supposed to play Port Down on the thirtieth, and I sort of. You know, it was it was maybe I was singing about signing there anyway, so it was a, it was a tough decision whether or not to, uh, or what sort of way I was going to play against Port Down, even though I was going to sign for them. Um, so it was a bit of a it was a bit of an awkward situation for me, but the game we called off and I just sort of went up that Saturday and and signed. So it was pretty straightforward at that. Um, and as I said before, Port Down's a massive club, so. Um, it was just it was sort of a no-brainer for me to go to Portadown, to be honest with you. You were out on the pitch on the 29th, were you, with the hose water in it, just go and get this game off? <laughs> <laughs> I was actually, I was, I was saying to a couple of friends and, and my family, I was nervous because I didn't, like, I wanted, I was going out to, in that game to win the game for Newton, like, mm-hmm. we, were, we were going out to win and nothing was changed for me, even though I was pretty much signing for Portadown and for a couple of days, but um, no, I, was, I was glad to see it called off. To be honest, <laughs> well, like no, in fairness, obviously the weather was really bad on the on that Saturday, and there were a few games called off. But it does it gave you that bit of breathing space. Um, you might not be able to go into it, but there was speculation there might have been a bit of Premiership interest in you as well, Zach. Um, is there any truth in that? Yeah, well, um, I'm not gonna say too much more about it but no I had a couple of phone calls and conversations and stuff like that there and um, sort of back and forth and as I said to start there I wasn't really I was more focused on, on, on doing well for Newington at the time and um, and really I just I sort of weighed up my options and I thought the size of Port Down and where they want to go and the direction they want to go and um, I decided to go and play my football, pour it down. Um, so no, it was. It wasn't. It was not. That it was a, an easy decision. It was just one of them that I just thought it was best suited for myself. Um, and obviously under Nigel and, and Cliffy and, and John Mike, because I, I would know I know Cliffy and John um, a few years now, and the way they've built up the club and. Even I Curry and and you know the size of the club and I didn't I knew the size of the club anyway before I even signed but when I first signed and went up and went around the stadium went around you know we met everybody it's 
was just it was just an eye opener for me as well. So no, I'm, I'm buzzing with the decision I made. And you can see the club means business in terms of, you know, further acquisitions in the the transfer window. I'm sure it's all part of what goes into anybody's thinking. And and promotion is, you know, it's been no secret that is what Portadown, not even want, expect. Yeah, well, Portadown's uh, there's a lot of expectation in Portadown, and um, say from the start of the season, everybody saw it. Yeah, they go straight up, but the championship's a hard league, and. Um, you know, anybody can beat anybody in that league, and it's shown that throughout the you know the first half of the season. And to be honest, a lot of the top six or you know even top any sort of team in the championship can give any sort of team in the Premiership a good game, and we've seen that. Um, but with the players we have and the size of pour it down, you know we are really going to you know push for promotion and, and win that league and I think anything less than promotion um, will be a disappointing for all of us For anyone that isn't aware how the table sits at the moment Porter down fourth they're six points behind Dundella I mean the championship I, I said all the time and I feel like I'm repeating myself but it is nuts you know because you've Dundella in first place and you go all the way down to eighth and remember it's a 12 team league everybody and United are 11 points off first and they're eighth so I mean it, just shake this up and see what way it falls nearly Yeah exactly like, you know there's five or six teams that could go and win that league um, you know, you just every week it's you just have to beat your your A game and you have to give a hundred percent and with you know with four down you expect to do that every game. I know there's maybe a bit more uh, that weight of, you know on your shoulders now playing for four down and every team is going to look for that scalp against you. But you know it's it's the pressure you need to sort of um, take on and um, be in four down and. forgotten the fact that you're in action this weekend away to the Welders and I will ask you about that but I don't want to overlook the fact that on Tuesday a massive semi-final against Glenavon I mean you're just finding your way obviously in a new club but everybody knows about this derby match uh, it looks like there's going to be a fantastic crowd down at Mournview there must be a real buzz uh, at the moment approaching the game and obviously what it signifies the chance of either playing Linfield or Dungannon in the final No it's Listen, first of all, Welders is, is a massive game on Saturday. Um, quality players are have a great setup. They've, they're, they're a top quality team. But, you know, as you say, they're, they're, there's a big game on Tuesday as well. And luckily, Newton played in the League Cup, but I was injured for four or five weeks. So I actually didn't play in that game. So I actually can play on, on Tuesday night, hopefully, if everything goes well. Um, but no, the next Saturday and Tuesday is massive for the club. Um, but first of all, we need we need to be going to Welders trying to get three points. That's the main thing, and and then we'll look on to Tuesday and take from there and prepare in the way we will. 
and as you say, welders are going to give you a difficult game. I know um, Portadown uh, didn't have or won't have happy memories of uh, their trip there earlier in the season. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's, listen, welders are, as I say, they're a top payment to have been that championship for a while. And um, there's some quality players. I know Matthew Ferguson ran away from sort of Balmina when he was a Balmina. That's what I was saying with him. And, and you know, he's, he scored goals, and that's. He's always a threat, so we'll definitely have to, you know, be at the top of our game to get the three points, and hopefully I can add a goal or two to sort of help that. And from your own career perspective now, just for anyone that isn't really aware of your story, you know, you just turned 29 years of age, so a belated happy birthday to you, Zach. Um, talk us through your, your story to get you to this point, because, you know, I'm sure in your head you're going, you know, a few months away, you, you know, you might be talking about a final, who knows, but you've definitely got a semi-final here, you might be talking about getting into the Premiership too, you know, it's, it seems like a really exciting period in your career, but what's got you to here? Um, I think it's it's sort of been hard work in my case like, I've been I haven't really you know previous years I haven't really put the full heart into football um, to be honest and I was sort of just you know I, I was I wasn't really focusing on the football uh, to be honest a few years back and over the past two or three years I really got myself into the shape that I need to be and, and from I've just sort of pushed on kicked on and um, you know, I was a poor shirt there and for maybe four years and I loved every minute of it. And if a great club and um, over Johnny Law, I've had a lot of time with Johnny and um he's helped me massively and um, he's put a lot of confidence in me from when he signed me from Nog Breda. And um, so I've a lot of, of praise to Johnny. And um, you know, it's probably from it's probably one of the most happiest times not saying you know the past few years have been the best sort of but in terms of just the sort of the culture and everybody around the club and um, I love Porster I've made some great friends there as well and to be honest Porster are quality players you've you know, likes of Glenn and um, John Watt they've they've been there and done that and you know they've got a quality team and they went on the ball in the class for a year um, and we just missed out on promotion there last year when we got back in the in the playoff I says I've made a lot of friends there and that was sort of year that I sort of said to myself I'm going to get myself fit and go to the gym and, and really push on and um, I know everybody says your prime's sort of between 28 and 30, 31 but I feel like now I, I, I probably hit my prime and I've got myself physically and, and stronger than I've ever been um, but I really enjoyed Bobby McClash Lever Scythe again as he's a top man and I, I get along well with him and um, have a lot of time for him and all the players in the in the band of cash and the committee and the fans they were, they were great for me um, and then whenever I moved to Newington between Paul and Connor um, probably that's where um, I enjoyed more success in terms of what I can actually do and, and bringing the pitch to make up a lot of um, appreciation towards Connor and, and Paul and Newington and um, I know me moving to Portadown after six or three, four months is maybe not what they wanted. But, you know, I, I wouldn't really sort of be in the situation I was if them guys didn't put the trust in me and, and you know, to go and deliver 
on the pitch for them. Um, and it says it's probably that three months is probably the happiest and the fittest I've felt in football um, throughout my career. And I can hopefully just keep growing and keep getting better and, and deliver for Cora Downs. And that in itself, brilliantly articulated. So thank you for that is a great example I think to other players and, and maybe even supporters who who maybe don't appreciate the work that goes in behind the scenes you know it's not a fluke that things are working out it's, it's hard work that takes you to those levels and until you commit yourself and you know it, it, it's a bit harder you said I'm going to do this I'm going to work harder all in fitness the rest and then the goals follow the, the moves follow mm-hmm. no that's that's exactly it and to be honest, I've had you know my friends and, and stuff like that there that you know have always been telling me like just put in the work and you you've got the you've got the ability there you know we know all you can do and and it's only really taken me from 27 years of age 28 years of age to, to sort of start doing that and I just want to push on now and, and sort of become the best I can be and and yeah that's that's some sort of aim is just keep thriving and keep going and, and pushing well you're lucky you realised it in your 20s there's some talented boys we could all think of that didn't realise it till they were 40 and then they couldn't run anymore yeah well it's 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 funny and I'm sort of I had the right people around me and um, sort of gave me the, the sort of the kick up to the back side to, to push me on and my dad was a big part of that and a couple of you know it was, couple of friends a lot of friends and he's been around the game support by Keelan Lover and he's <laughs> he says a lot of God <laughs> not hard but he's he knows he's a good he's a good mate to have in terms of where you want to get and where you want to be and he he certainly pushed me of where I want to go as well so no and I just have to keep going and, and, and take it each sort of game and each sort of target as they come you don't need to be telepathic around Caelan Locker in any way, he'll always tell you. No, no, I'm not going to say too much more about him now. <laughs> <laughs> he'll probably be listening, but he's, uh, no, he's a top guy and he's a quality player as well. So, no, he's... Uh, no, I, I said, I just, I just need to keep going now and, and keep proving myself. And, you know, I felt like I had to prove a lot of people wrong, a lot of players wrong in terms of when I moved to step up the championship because I knew I could play that anyway. It was just getting the right sort of frame of, of, of mind and fitness and and that's you just have to continue that now. Well, it's a motivating story for other players who maybe are in different parts of their career thinking, right, how do I, well, I suppose pun intended, raise the bar, how do I get to that next level myself? Um, you know, start with yourself um, and, and then see where you go. But Zach, great chatting to you. Um, continued best wishes for the season ahead and, and well done on the success you've had so far. No problem, Michael. Thanks very much for having me. The Score with Michael Clark. There you go. The thoughts of Portadown's new striker, Zach Barr, ahead of their game against the Welders this weekend and the League Cup semi-final against Glenavon on Tuesday night. They were victorious over Cark Rangers, as I've said, in the Irish Cup on penalties, winning 5-4 after a one-all draw. They progress to the next round where they will play Banger, uh, just to quickly run you through the results in the fifth round of the Irish Cup last weekend. Corian nil, Cliftonville three, Knockbreda nil, Glenavon four, Queen's University nil, Ballymena United four, Ballymena United enjoying a good spell 
in the last couple of weeks. Much needed for their supporters and manager. Uh, Oxford's sunny side dragged Balamakash all the way to extra time, but Balamakash Rangers won 3 2. They will be playing against Glentorn in the next round. Uh, Ballyclare Comrades 5, Straban Athletic 2, Dungannon Swifts 5, Willowbank 0, Institute 2, Crumlin Star 0, Lockall 3, Rosemount Rec 0, Crusaders. This was really the result of the round. Knocked out and after winning it the last two seasons, they drew one all against Ards. Alex Moore, the Ards goalkeeper, was out of this world, and that form not just in the match, all the way through to the penalties, where Ards won seven six. Linfield four, Warren Point Town two, after a dramatic comeback there for Linfield. Harlem Wolf Welders one, Larn four, Newry City three, Balnamalar two, Newington two, Dundella one. And Bangor 3, Dergview 1, which means the 6th round, the last 16, sets us up as follows. Matches to be played on the 3rd of February. One game will be uh, brought forward to the 2nd. Cliftonville against Loch Gull. Ballamacash Rangers, Glen Torren. Larne vs Glenavon. Linfield vs Ballamini United. Newington take on Newry City. Institute host Ards. Portadown have home advantage against Bangor. And Ballyclare Comrades. Welcome Dungannon Swifts to Dixon Park. That's your lot for now. And the games on Tuesday we very much eagerly await to find out who will be in the Bet McLean Cup final on Mother's Day. Yes, Sunday the 10th of March. Don't forget Mother's Day. Bring your mum to the final. There you go. There's the there's the campaign. The mother of all finals. There's the tagline, Niffle, if you're listening. Anyway, we're out of time. Thank you to Zach Barr. Thank you also to Barry Gray and Jim Magilton and as ever, thank you for listening. Until next week all that remains to be said is enjoy your weekend of sport. Bye bye.